CHGO Bears podcast on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. It is a spirited show today as we had a great training camp fight. Shockingly, it was not between me and Greg Braggs, who was not in attendance, but it was between Chase Claypool and Eddie Jackson. Myself, Nick, Greg, all here for you today. Uh, busy show, so we're just going to hop right into it here. Nick, let me start with you. Good to see you. Great to be with you today, by the way. And uh, let's go best and worst right off the top of the show here, Nicholas Moriano. You lead us off onto what you saw, what stood out from this Saturday Bears battle of a practice. Yeah, let's start with the best here, you guys. I, I really was impressed by the throw that P.J. Walker had to Nasimbo Webster for a touchdown. Not the most likely guys that uh, you would see, but it was probably around 40 yards. And what was cool about it afterwards, Nasimbo catches the touchdown, the offense running to celebrate him. And so is Justin Fields, who was on the sidelines, obviously watching that second team unit, comes over, celebrates with P.J. Walker. So it was a really nice throw and catch. And then my worst from today, you guys, just Tyler Scott and the drops. There was I, I had three of them in my notes, and each one of the balls that were thrown were all catchable. And the one that's most disappointing was a deep ball where Tyler Scott's running down the left sideline. Tyreek Stevenson's in pretty good coverage, but – the throw was there from P.J. Walker, and Tyler Scott had a step on Stevenson and could have gone up to elevate and make a really good catch. It hits him, drops, and he also had a drop in team drills. So those those drops are really starting to pile up for Tyler Scott, who I think has been having, well, now an up-and-down camp. with When he makes plays, it looks great, but those drops are just piling up for me. So that's my best and worst from the ninth training camp practice of the uh, of today yeah and like we we have been talking about Tyler Scott a lot we've been tweeting about Tyler Scott a lot and there's a lot to like about Tyler Scott he's super fast his cuts are sharp his attitude is mature it's in it's his uh, there's a lot of impressive things what's been unimpressive is that his drops he's in great position like Velas mm-hmm. last year when he dropped the ball he was kind of awkward and it just didn't look good Tyler is right there, and it's like, how did you drop that? Like that—that's been mm-hmm. my reaction. I, I, so, um, my my best from today was was Eddie Jackson and Chase Claypool. We're going to talk about it a bunch here. The fight, um, you know, Claypool catches a ball. He's headed towards the sidelines. Eddie's there. He can hit him. He cannot hit him. Eddie decides to crack him pretty damn hard. Um, you know, shoulder into the chest. Bang as they go out of bounds and Claypool took exception to it. And here we have our first, I would call it real skirmish of training camp. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, there's uh, polls is involved in it. Uh, they're trying to talk to Eddie afterwards. Apparently Tyreek Stevenson's mouth guard got stepped on. I didn't see that, but Nick, you did. But the, the, the concept to me that like Eddie has a, has a moment there where he can or he can't hit him. He could easily let him go out of bounds, but you know what? Listen, we are up in the ante here. I'm a talker. You're a talker. I, I am not. I am gonna. I'm not missing this opportunity. I don't know if it's personal or not. Who knows? Who cares? I mean, I do speculate a little bit that like, if you really, really liked that dude, if that was your guy, you probably don't crack him there. But who? But I, I, I I'm. That's a guess. So, but I, I just like the physicality. Period. Uh, the worst for me today is uh, Tremaine Edmonds not practicing again. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, now. Alan Williams was asked about, "Are you worried about guys missing?" And he, and he didn't. He said, "Yes, he wants them out there, but he doesn't seem like he's worried about anything long term." I did hear whispers yesterday that it might be a while for Edmonds. I haven't been able to confirm that. I don't really know, but him missing a second straight day means that yesterday was more than a vet day. But if we want to go positive on that side, I was worried about Tevin Jenkins and. Tevin was back out there today, so that was great to see. Uh, by the way, hit the like button and hit that subscribe button if you're first to joining us on CSGO Bears podcast so you know when when we are on. is clearly in training camp time. We do do things um, slightly randomly. Most days we're doing 3 o'clock, but today on a Saturday we're, we're popping in at 2.45. We, tried, we were hoping to get in at in 2, but uh, guys were trickling in late today. Mercedes Lewis, by the way, going into his 18th year, um, Five years with Green Bay before coming to the Bears. I, I don't know, Braggs, if you were able to hear it. Nick, you were obviously there. This is one of the most impressive guys on one press conference that I've ever seen in a Bears locker room. This is a legit veteran leader, 
with a lot of juice in the game that I think can do a lot in this locker room. So that was I'll throw that so in the best. Yeah, and Mark, you know, I was actually transcribing the interview, so I didn't even get a chance to hear Mar- Mercedes talk. Oh, wow, but just okay. seeing, just hearing what Robert Tanyan had to say about him, like he literally learned everything, which is obviously, you know, uh, a great reflection of who Mercedes Lewis is and how he approached himself and what he can do to take a young player who wasn't even playing the tight end position at the time and take him under his wing. So it speaks a lot to who Mercedes Lewis is. Well, and Braggs, let's go on Meatball Island for a minute here. I mean, you you sometimes live there. A lot of times you live on Brilliant Island, but let's just go to Meatball Island for a second here. I love Meatball uh, Island. I know I know you do. So EQ, Robert Tunyon, Luke Getze, Mercedes Lewis. Am I forgetting one more Packer that we have in the room? Uh, I mean, it's becoming Packer Town here in, 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 in at Lake Forest at Hallis Did you say Lucas Patrick? Lucas Patrick. That's who I missed. That's five. So... Do we have too many Green Bay guys? Are you getting? Uh, are we too? Are we too? Uh, you know, m- mustard and relish here. No, uh, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, right? Um, you bring these guys in, and Luke Getzey obviously has familiarity with them, so that's what plays into a lot of this. But you know, I have no issue with it as long as we don't hear any reports of guys walking around with Packers shirts on. Uh, well, we did hear a report of that. I we did hear a report, so we got to cut that part of it out. But yeah, the rest of yeah. it, as long as you're yeah. on our side of the lines, I'm ready to go to war for you. Okay, so let, let's go back to the fight. Uh, I just wanted to yeah, make sure that we're... That's, we're, we're, that's but, definitely so, where I'd like to go with it because I've been yeah. I've been going to camp a long time. I've seen a lot of fights. Uh, so to hear the reports, obviously disappointed that I, I couldn't be there to kind of witness it and, and see the mannerisms from the players themselves. But just from my you know, his history of going to camp and watching Kyle Long. And it was like a rite of passage every year. Kyle Long and Akeem Hicks would get in a fight. Like what day of practice would they finally have enough of each other of hitting They're just constantly hitting each other day after day. Eventually they just got sick of each other's faces and they just start throwing blows. But it was always kind of a funny thing. Like, oh, here we go. These guys are going to get into it. They get separated. And then the cliche, oh, we're just ready to hit somebody else would be said in the post-game presser. Now, or the post-practice presser. Now, I've also seen it go ugly. I've seen, you know, and I posted the clip, you know, 10 years ago, Martellus Bennett and Kyle Fuller, where Martellus, Mm -hmm. you know, Kyle Fuller throws Martellus down, Martellus gets up and throws Kyle down. Martellus is then suspended for that, which I thought was a terrible decision by Mark Tressman. He's out like six days, I believe. And that team crumbled. Uh, That was the first sign that they were not going to come together as a team. Brandon Marshall just was running amok all season long. They had to cut practice short that day, not because of the fight of Martellus, but because Brandon Marshall completely lost his mind on the practice field. So that there's two different types of fights, right? And and what was this one from your guys' vantage point? Because for me, when we talked about lack of energy from the offense the other day, I don't have that big of an issue if Chase Claypool's trying to bring the energy. And if you say Eddie Jackson – may have stepped out of line a bit where he didn't have to go full throttle, taking him out of bounds. Then I I don't have an issue with Chase Claypool getting chesty about it. But if Chase Claypool is putting himself like me against the world, against his own team in a corner, then I am concerned about the toxicity of the moment. So I want to hear your guys' perspective of what you saw. Nick, go ahead. Well, here's like, yeah, here's the context of it. It was in team drills and Chase Claypool runs a drag route over the middle of the field. He's heading towards a defensive sideline. And he catches the ball from field inbounds and gets hit technically inbounds. But Eddie Jackson's coming down at a good angle, and it's got some speed and some power to it. So once Chase Claypool gets hit from Jackson, he is now in the defense's sideline. And he did not like that. He took the football, threw it at Jackson, and then the two come together. Eventually, Chase Claypool actually rips off Eddie Jackson's helmet, has it in his hand. The offense is obviously going to the aid of Claypool. The defense is already there because it happened on the sideline. So they're John. They have to be separated. But later, even after that rep, so Eddie Jackson's still in with the 11-11 on defense. Claypool's out. Eddie Jackson's still talking to him while he's out, not even in on the play. And later, after, after the team drills kind of dissipate to go into the next portion of practice, Justin Fields has to kind of get into a huddle with some of the defensive players. Eddie Jackson's in there. You see Jalen Johnson. So the quarterback's talking. But even as they're kind of going and entering the next segment of practice, you see Eddie Jackson, Chase Claypool still going after it. 
That's when Ryan Poles enters himself into the situation and tries to get in between these guys. They never came physically again to each other, but they're still jawing. So, I, look, could Eddie Jackson have pulled off on his hit? Probably. Should Chase Claypool have ripped off his helmet when they're in the scrum? Obviously not, but yeah, that's kind of the context of what happened, who retaliated, why they retaliated, and what went down at practice today. So I asked basically everyone today about the fight, and we have we've got a couple of clips from you. We can start from the top, and 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 Alan Williams was the first person to speak today. So let's get a coaching standpoint. Uh, Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams, and he he did not like uh, the pushing about there. He he likes you know the intensity, but he didn't like the extracurricular. Brags, give me a thumbs up when you have that ready. I, I think we do. So this this was this was, so here's your Bears defensive coordinator asked about the fight. Of a lively practice. I mean, uh, uh, I love, and I'm not concerned about, you know, the offense. I, I have my hands full for sure of just being the coordinator, but uh, I love our energy. I love the way we run to the ball. But I would say this um, that uh, we are uh, to make sure that it's uh, competitive, not combative. And so that means that we are, we are competing. We want to be elite competitors, uh, elite guys, and how we compete but we don't want it to be combative. So I, I, I don't like the, uh, the pushing and shoving after the whistle. When they let us do that uh, in the ball game, hey, we'll, we'll be all for it in practice. So, um, you know, part of it is uh, playing hard, playing fast, playing with energy. I love the chippiness uh, that says that we're establishing an identity, but the after the whistle stuff, um, you know, that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not for that part. So that tees up exactly what you were just saying, Nick. Look, go ahead. I, I, you know, don't don't let him go out of bounds. Hit him. Let's go. Let's have some chippiness. Let's say let's let's and and maybe even a you know good hard shoulder back and maybe even a little you know screaming on the way back to the huddle. Let's go, baby. Something along those lines. Bring it on. I'm I'm still coming for you. But he didn't like the pulling of the helmet off and everything else that was going on. Uh, you want and to then, play, yeah, Williams on if it was a late hit. Just yeah, so so, so 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 yeah, so I hear I, this was I, I asked him this question. Did, did and we'll hear it right here. But yeah, I was I was curious what he what his opinion of on the hit itself. How big did uh, Eddie sit on Chase was late? Um, I'll wait to see the the, the video, the film, uh, and, and see. Um, I don't think we. Um, I'll wait and look at the tape and, and see. Uh, we have. Um, we have good good ball players. We um, have good decision makers. So I would say with with Eddie, Eddie's a phenomenal decision maker. So uh, I would say before I look at the film, I, I hope not. So phenomenal decision maker, and in my mind, he made a phenomenal decision to crack Chase Claypool. I don't know again if it's personal with him and Chase Claypool or if he was taking on for some people perhaps in that locker room who maybe respect Claypool's talent, but also think that Claypool deserves a good little uh, crack every now and then that he perhaps hasn't been getting. Uh, You know, I I think there's, I I, I do wonder if there's just a drop more to this. I mean, let's go back in time. Justin Fields talking about, uh, you know, Hey, uh, you know, Chase has got a whole lot better attitude now than he originally did. Claypool, Claypool, and and I, this is not to run down Chase Claypool in any way, shape, or form. I'm just trying to put the pieces together here, so yep. Bears fans don't freak out. Uh, look, because it started all the way last year, at, you know, when he first came to the team, and Chase was yelling at guys on the sidelines about you know being more competitive. And Justin came into the post game presser and was like, you know, we're going to handle ourselves a different way on on our sidelines, trying to take control of the situation. Right. And so has, has he gotten under some dude's skin and this was his opportunity to, to, you know, put himself in there. That, that adds up to me. I don't know where you come out on this. Because then the other aspect, Nick, and I don't know if you have it near you or, or, you know, within reach of your notes, but what did Darnell Mooney say the other day about how he's starting to gain more respect for Chase Claypool in the last presser he had like two days ago, he spoke on this where, He's starting to kind of understand where Chase Claypool comes from. He touched on this a little right before training camp he came in, and then I know he had another quote here just a few days ago. So, you know, I think everyone's kind of adjusting to Chase Claypool being much different than the rest of the guys on the offense that are more mild demeanored. And this is what came up on Wednesday about 
how the offense didn't have enough energy. Well, Chase is the opposite of these guys. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, oil and vinegar mixing here. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know exactly what Mooney said, Greg, but I'm, I'm trying to think back too on Wednesday's practice, Chase Claypool cracked TJ Edwards, put him on his ass. And Eddie Jackson was in on that play. He's John flexing at say, go to sleep. And so we've heard like the, the, the vocalness of Chase Claypool intensify over these last practices, making plays. His voice is being heard. Look, Eddie Jackson is a guy that likes to talk. He knows that he, there's a lot of players on the defense that like to talk. And he, it was a, it was a play in bounds. And for me, like for Eddie Jackson, I think he's just trying to get his in-season reps in here too. Like it's a, it's a legal play. It's got some force to it. And of course, Chase, you know, Chase Claypool didn't like it. So I think if you add all these things up together, this is the ninth training camp practice. They didn't have pads on the day before. They're back with the pads. You want to set a tone. Ajax is going to do that, and he did it today. He's not going to back down. He kept on John with him. He's one of the leaders on this defense. So I also think for him, it's an opportunity for him to get like almost a, a live rep that he would do in-game. Would you rather see Eddie Jackson lay off on a hit near the sidelines when it's an opposing team? No. So he's kind of just doing it to his own player, but he let off you know, I think a little bit too, because he didn't completely knock him off, you know, his ass there. So for Freddie Jackson, he's getting an in-game rep and obviously it led to, uh, you know, the fight that happened right after that. I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat saying, I want to see the hit, which at that point in practice, we're not allowed to film. So you're not going to see this hit. The bears are not going to put this hit out on there. <laughs> on there. That's not going to happen, but, but he's going to the sidelines. He's caught the ball. He's headed to the sidelines. He could have let him go. Very easily. And and Eddie can be physical, but I wouldn't call him a quote-unquote physical safety who's always right. throwing his body around. Mm-hmm. That's not his mentality. So I think what you just underlined, Nick, from the other day where he was standing over TJ Edwards, that, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. That at least, you know, right. I don't know how, how big of a piece of the pie that is, but it's it, it definitely feels at least a part of the pie. Right, and, because and good. every yeah, action right. has a reaction, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing from Nick's point about him saying go to sleep from the Wednesday practice where the defense completely obliterated the offense and Brister yeah. and Gordon and all these guys, Tyreek Stevenson were chirping the entire practice, just talking straight shit to every single offensive player, letting them know. And then it comes back yesterday's practice where it may have been a lower tempo practice than maybe even what we had today. But at the same time, Chase Claypool had back-to-back touchdowns and both times was celebrating like more so than he had in other practices this season. And it felt like the offense was kind of doing a checkmate. It wasn't maybe to the same veracity the defense was giving it to him on, but there was a little bit of gamesmanship going on there. So now you go to today, these two two sides are battling and that's a good sign. And Mm -hmm. I think it's getting to a point where we've already reached that they're ready to play somebody else. And that's great. So let's get one player's perspective on it. And so we, we pulled Robert Tunyon, who I've been super impressed by uh, both on the field and off the field to this point. And I, I think this guy's going to be, he, well, he had a lot to do with Mercedes Lewis uh, coming here, which mm-hmm. just rewinding back to that real fast before we hear what Tunyon says, Robert Tunyon has been on the phone trying to bring Mercedes Lewis here for a while now. And then Mercedes Lewis talked about the fact that he's been on the phone with Luke Getzey four times a week for months and their selling point to Mercedes Lewis, which I asked him about, because the Bears won three games last year. This is this is a guy who's used to playing for winners. He's in his 18th year. He's he's not just going. He'd like to win right on his way out. And so they have been hammering away at the Bears' culture to him and, and how hungry guys are here to win. And we're seeing some of that hunger on the field today. So here's Robert Tunyon on the fight today. Uh, again, I think it's worth mentioning the rest that I just said here because he, he's been selling the Bears' chemistry to Mercedes Lewis uh, on coming here. First day he's here, fight on the field. Mercedes Lewis wasn't, wasn't wasn't practicing today, but so what what did what did Tunyon think of 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 the battle? You played of uh, Chase and Eddie today. Yeah, I mean football is football. I mean I think there's been fights in every single camp since I've been in the NFL. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean it's just football competitive. Can that bring a team further together in your mind? I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't, and a lot of the time it stays on the field, and that's the maturity of people. It stays on the field, uh, stays in the lines, and when it comes to the locker room, it's kind of gone. 
Like no one really talks about it. So it sounds like the guy in the locker room wasn't talking about Nick. You're shaking your head. What's your reaction to that? Well, well, that's just interesting to me. Like, okay, you're out on this practice field. You know, you're practicing. Things get really, really heated. And then it just magically goes away once you enter this <laughs> holy locker room. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to do that personally. Like, you look, I know where, so Chase Claypool and Eddie Jackson's lockers are on opposite ends of the locker room. I'd be looking over at you. You, like, just... I think I think stuff would boil up if that was me, if it kept on happening. And so that's what I kind of also want to bring up here. Like, this is great. I love the intensity and the competition on the field, but that cannot escalate and transfer over into that locker room where things are just bad, I think. I, I think that could be bad for, for both sides here. But it's just fascinating that Robert Tunyon, who's played a lot of football, been in some lock, different locker rooms, you know, it just magically disappears when you go into the locker room. I don't know. Yeah, and it would be a stunner, by the way, if that locker room went the other way because we've been talking about that since sure. last year, that, that the Bears just have a very positive I atmosphere. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's just a good feeling in that locker room. And I, I, don't think, I don't think that anything changes from today. However, I do, to your point there, Nick, I do think it is a little utopian and thinking that you could just walk in and then oh that's the magic locker room dust that this didn't happen we're all good i guarantee you eddie jackson is at some point today when he's going home is, t- is talking about this thing i mm-hmm. and, and 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 claypool as well but i mean i don't know some people have different motors like that was that happened and no big deal that i'm moving on i'm a football player no ain't no thing i mean Braggs, i don't know you're you're the bricklayer here who gets in fights on the job back in the day uh i mean how long did you hold things when that would happen just to to i'm happy to tell one of my earlier fight stories. I won't tell you my most recent ones, but the the earlier ones, I don't want to scare my new coworkers, but some of the early <laughs> days when I was in my young twenties, um, you know, I, one time I was like, Oh, did you hear, um, what, who was the wide receiver that changed his name? Um, a few, a long time ago, like 10 years Ocho ago. Cinco? Ocho Cinco. No. And I was like, Hey, Jimmy, did you hear Ocho, Chad Johnson changed his name to Ocho Cinco? He's like, I don't give a shit about whose name changed. Get to work. And I was like, I'm just talking, dude. And as I said that, he headbutted me right in the face. And then we proceeded to beat the crap out of each other. I won the fight, thank you very much. And he got a black eye. He went home. And the next day, he came to work. He, I was like, get out of here. You're going home for the day. And my boss pulled back. I was like, where's Jimmy? I'm like, Jimmy had to go home. He had, he had enough for today. And the next day, he comes to work with his hat down like the kid from Sandlot. And I was like, what's up, Jimmy? We done with this? And we, we went to the bar later that day. He's like, I got a lot of respect for you. I love you, Braggs. And, and that's where it ended because, you know, at the, we're all, you know, a bunch of savages out on a job site. And that sometimes is how it gets handled. And we understand in other, you know, lines of work and even in construction, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm not advocating for it, but it does happen. And it used to be kind of more commonplace back in the day that people handled things like that. And nowadays, obviously you're not going to do that, but football players come from that old school mentality where you're going to have times that, you know, fist and cuffs get thrown. It kind of is what it is, but uh, most guys can handle it and move on from it and shake on it afterwards. And when it, when it can't be that way, that's when it can rip apart a job Mm -hmm. site or a locker room. Well, that's why, uh, well, that's what Tunyon said that, you know, every mm-hmm. locker, every training camp I've had, which, by the way, I don't know, it feels like the right time to tell you about Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary because, you know, we perhaps the Bears should, you know, be using some Sunnyside tonight, which is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, place for all kinds of visitors, including uh, teammates on the Chicago Bears are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. One-stop shop for all your cannabis needs. They've got the Mindy's, the Cresco, the High Supply, the Floracol, the Wonder Wonder Wellness Company wants to make the world of mm. cannabis simple to understand and easy to experience. For everyone, the brand's low-dose formulations offered in gummies and mints allow people to control their high. They've got all this stuff for you, so many options. Through August, all of August, go to sunnyside.shop, sunnyside.shop. Use the code CHGO25, CHGO25. Do that at checkout, and you get 25% off, 25% off your total order. That is one per customer, not stackable with other promotions. 
And that's not only for new customers. If you've been there before and you haven't used a promotion uh, or this promotion, you can use this one. Uh, get back at it. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. You do have to be 21 or over or an Illinois med card holder. Sunny side is our guy, sunnyside.shop. Use that code CHGO25. Nova Domus said nobody fights after a visit to Sunnyside. So there you <laughs> That's go. Exactly Just right. give give the boys some Sunnyside. Absolutely. Go check out Sunnyside, you guys. It'll calm things down when it's heated situations. <laughs> but you also got to check out Circle K. We are so excited to partner with Circle K here at CHGO. You can check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, snack selection, and, of course, premium gas. And look out for those freebies. They always got them there and the giveaways down the road and – Look, if you're on the road, find your favorite snack when you're, you know, traveling. Best deals you ever gotten will come from visiting a Circle K. So again, just want to say thank you to Circle K for sponsoring CHGO. Visit your nearest Circle K to pick up all your favorite finds. All righty, ready, ready, ready. We're gonna move on to. Uh, There's just there's a lot of action today uh, mm-hmm. with conversation. Uh, but it did. The day did start with Ryan Poles meeting the media very briefly about 9:30 this morning, and, and Poles was talking about uh, bringing in Yannick Ngakwe, and it was just funny. He's like, he he sits down. He's like, I just want to say thank you to all the Bears fans for all your passion. Which, by the way, we'd like to say thank you to all the Bears fans for all their passion here at CHGO. Uh, those of you who love us, those of you who hate us, those of you who are in the middle. Um, I know that everybody loves every like loves the entire show, and then there's a certain segment of our population that perhaps wants to kill me. But I love you, and 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 so does Ryan Poles, because apparently everywhere he went, from his kids' baseball games to a beach when he's on vacation, literally everybody's saying to him, "Go get a pass rusher, Poles. What are you doing, buddy?" And he went out and he and he and he got a pass rusher. So so uh, that 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 was a good start to the day, Nick. Yeah, look, it uh, just just tells you, look, the Bears GM, he's listening, he's hearing what you guys have to say, and even if he's on a a beach in Maui, he's getting told like you need a pass rusher. I had a, a, a buddy of mine uh, reply to one of my tweet this tweet about this quote saying we may have been the the guys on third base yelling over at poles <laughs> to you know go get the pass rusher which is pretty funny so hey and he did it look ryan it took some time but ryan poles uh obviously identified yanni kagakwe as the guy to help this bears defense and mark i thought you had a great question too if you want to kind of um say to our listeners what that was about like was this a need because of practice or do you want to enhance the defense yeah, so I, I just was wondering, like, look, because the defense we've noticed is definitely on the upswing here. And I was wondering, is Poles watching this defense and thinking, wow, okay, we're actually good enough that if we add in a guy who can get to the quarterback, Yannick Ngakwe, somebody of that ilk, it turns out that it's Yannick, then, then we actually have something here. So I'm now willing to pay the freight to bring him in. Was his decision based on the fact that he's liked what he's seen, or is it just always he's been looking for a pass rusher? And he, his answer was a little bit of both. So, um, you know, I, 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 which tells me that, yeah, we were, we, were, we were bringing him in. But I also do like what's going on here. So maybe he's, he's that much more excited about the addition. I don't know how you heard that, Nick. Yeah, um, I, you know, I kind of felt the same way after just kind of listening to him. And, you know, we only had, a, what, four questions got got asked to Ryan Poles because he had to then go go to practice and help break up a fight later in that practice. But, yeah, that's what he kind of said here. I would say both things are true. We've been in this for a long time. Um, again, there's a level of patience that you got to have to be a sound decision maker, which echoes what he's been saying. Like, he's not going to go out there and just make a move spontaneously thinking about all the different ramifications of a move, what he needs to do, what's the right price, what's this going to affect the future, how is this going to affect the future. So Ryan Paul's a very calculated guy and, you know, came to agreement with Yannick Ngakwe, and now he's technically not here in Chicago. He had to go back home to go, you know, get some things squared away, but um, we'll be here soon and hopefully on the practice field soon. Yeah, not If you're going out to uh, Family Fest tomorrow, weather permitting, don't expect to see Ngakwe out there because he is handling some stuff. I know, Braggs, do you have any reaction to what Paul said today with that stuff? Uh, not too much. I, I I had a negotiation deal with my daughter that I had to go get her a Gabby Dowhouse. She broke her arm late last mm-hmm. night. Uh, we had to go to the hospital. So 
Um, she's all casted up and, and fine. Uh, she fell off her scooter. So this morning we were going to targets in the area until we found her Gabby dollhouse. I don't have a good poker face. She does. I, I just gave into every demand she possibly, uh, <laughs> you know, asked for. She got the ice cream, the dollhouse and everything else. So, you know, honestly, I didn't get a chance to hear, hear, uh, Ryan polls this morning, but you know, obviously encouraged for Yanni Kingakwe to get on the practice field Tuesday. Yeah, uh, and and best to Addie, uh, who um, is obviously tougher than than at least her dad for sure. I'm not going to throw mom under the bus here, but you know, <laughs> no, she's <laughs> tough as nails. <laughs> There's no just, doubt. Didn't cry one time. To, wow. Didn't cry. That's amazing. Did not That's cry. Impressive. I promise you, did not cry. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, go go, Addie. And by the way, uh, you know. Uh, Tears are okay, everybody. If you if you are feeling sad or hurt, uh, therapist Carm is here to tell you that you letting that out is, is good for you, which I'm sure you were telling Addie as well because you're an elite parent. <laughs> I thought you were about to go into a better help read. No, I, well, <laughs> well, Dr. Carm too. Like you were giving me some stretches in the media workroom to work on my tight ass hamstrings that are affecting my ankle. So. Uh, Mark's doing it all right now, you guys. Yeah, uh, Nick. Nick's got some ankle issues, and and we're trying. I'm trying to keep this softball team moving forward. Big game tomorrow night, last game for the playoffs. I heard the the ankles weren't good, and I've got my own flexibility issues. So, uh, me, yeah, we're all, me, we're, we're all. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, oh, go ahead. I I don't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna say for the we got almost a thousand people in the chat. So please hit that like button while you're hanging out with us. We appreciate oh, no. you. Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but. I uh, always appreciate everybody tuning in. And for all you new listeners or, or viewers, like this is what we do. We're, we're going to come to you live after every practice during training camp. Um, on non-training camp months, we, we're live five days a week at 12 p.m. Central. We do pre- and post-game shows for every game. Next Saturday for the first preseason game, we'll be doing a post-game show. So make sure you tune in for that. Just a lot of stuff to offer here at CHGO Sports. So stick with us, subscribe, and uh, have some fun with us this season because it's going to be a, a good one. So I want to move over to and uh, and please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate everybody being here today on a Saturday. A lot going on at training camp today. I, I want to go back to Robert Tunyon and and play one more soundbite that he had to say. So the juice of today was was coming up, and so I followed up with Tunyon about like juice was a conversation earlier this week, and Darnell Mooney was saying that Justin Fields has to come into that huddle and bring that every day. And so I wanted, you know, get an opinion from Tunyon on, you know, the, the, the excitement of the offense, how much of that is on the quarterback. So this, this is what Robert had to say as far as, like, the juice and the leadership on the offensive side of the ball. A young guy who's hungry, and he's quiet, and he works. We're not, it's, yeah, obviously he doesn't get the publicity um, that these other young guys or young up-and-coming guys are getting. Um, but he just works. And that's what I respect most about Justin is he keeps quiet and he just works. Um, no outside noise, nothing that doesn't affect him. He might not get the publicity, but he sure gets talked about a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a quarterback. Yeah. They all get talked yeah. about. That quiet part, it was teed up earlier in the week by Darnell that he wants uh, Justin to bring the juice all the time. Yeah. Do you, do you agree with that? Um, you know, I talked about that with him a little bit today, actually. Um, you know, he is growing up more into that boisterous leader role, which he wants. And, uh, you know, he's he's reaching like he's trying to reach those goals of being the leader of this team um, more vocally. But he doesn't always have to be the juice guy like that's not a quarterback job. Like you have to have guys in the locker room who hold themselves accountable as well, who bring the juice every day, whether it's receivers, running backs, linemen, tight ends like you can't put every single thing on this kid's shoulders. Um, so, but whatever he's comfortable with in, in doing and, uh, you know, playing his game and sticking to, you know, what he knows and what he does best. I think that it's our job to kind of form around him as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, how is he 24, 25 years old and you're going to put the city of Chicago on his back. Like he's got enough on his hands. He doesn't have to, you know, make sure everyone on his team is, bringing the juice or the energy like as grown men on this team we have to hold ourselves accountable as well and help him out so a little bit of a pushback and a support at the same time right from Tunyon on everybody like hey Justin you've got to like lift up this group of kind of you know even keeled dudes uh come in this huddle and get everybody ready 
and Tunyon's going to him. He's, and I thought it was, you know, just interesting that somehow that he was talking to him about that today, saying that, hey, you know, just so you know, you don't have to, do, uh, you know, I, you don't have to do this all yourself. It's on us to, you know, be there to support you. I thought that was super interesting, and it, it's, uh, it just it shows that that whole room that the offensive unit is trying to have uh, the quarterbacks back. Yeah, I really like the answer from Robert Tanyan there. Like he said, you don't have to, he doesn't have to have the whole weight of Chicago on his back. And, you know, at times it always fe- it feels like that for Justin Fields. Everything is on him. How this season will go, the offense taking the next step. Yes, he's going to be a huge part of it. And for Justin, he is more of a, a reserve type of guy, but he does have that energy. He can get fired up at times. Of course, we've seen that in the field. But there are 10 other guys out there with him on an offensive snap. And if Chase, if it's Chase Claypool, then he's bring the energy or a guy like Tanyan, Tevin Jenkins, like there should be other guys too, that help out with that. Just Justin Fields presence should give the guys like this energy, but I agree with Tanyan. I know we've heard some differing answers like from Mooney who said like he needs to bring the energy. You don't, you just don't want to be forced. If it's forced and I think it's fake, it doesn't have the same effect as it would if he was like naturally t- trying to do it. But if it naturally comes out of some other guys, I think that's okay for it to kind of be split up amongst your offensive team. That part I completely agree with. Uh, it, it always has to be authentic. If you're a quiet guy or you're a loud guy, you can be either way, but be authentic because when you're mm-hmm. not, that's when you're not going to have the trust of your teammates. And every locker room is different. And there's 56 players in a locker room. Once you get to the regular season, there's even more right now at training camp. So everybody's got different personalities. Everybody's motivated differently. Just like we were talking about on the job site. Like some people are motivated by, you know, their boss getting in their ass for a minute. And then others, they, they completely melt down and and shut down when a boss gets hard on them. So it, it is, and these are young, young players too. They're not kids. But at the same time, they're going to be motivated differently. I mean, Ray Lewis, look at the way he motivated the Ravens locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had examples here in Chicago of offensive linemen that ran the locker room a certain way. You know, it's it just it just depends. Now, Mitch Trubisky, when he came out, you could hear him in the huddle up, like having this like war war cry speech every time he came out the tunnel. But was it? Like, did all the players actually respond to it in the same way? So Fields is trying to lead by example, showing up at midnight. You know, maybe he's not going to be the, the the rally cry guy that some guys need. To me, this is a big thread of the needle, right? Because you do want your quarterback to be the leader. He's the quarterback. It's part of the role. He's the one that's going in there and telling you what the play is. He's getting guys organized. He, there's a certain level of just responsibility that comes along with it. And look, if it's, if it's, if it's, if he can get a little bit of help alongside of it, because it's not completely his personality, well then dudes have to come in and fill the void here rather than just sit there like, well, he's not doing it. So we don't have it versus like, well, this is what he does. How can we support him? Which is what, what I liked about what Tunyon had to say. And now I'm like in my head going back in time, like to like, you know, my childhood and seeing videos of like Walter Payton in the huddle and he's in the huddle. He's like, come out there, kick some, you know, or, or pregame huddle, come out there, we're gonna kick ass, we're gonna, you know, and it's, you know, that's the running back. But it's also like at that point, like that's the clear best player on the team who's leading you. Like mm-hmm. Justin, I think he can continue to, to ease into this and they can be supported along the way. But ultimately, you want to get to the point where he is comfortable doing it. Well, okay. So, Two examples. One, remember last year at Hard Knocks when um, the running back, Williams, was like crying. He was oh, trying yeah. to inspire those guys so much. And it struck me just how passionate, because you felt it was real. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way anybody can't respond to something like that. Now, conversely, when you talk about the quiet guy leading it by example, look at the Cubs. Jason Hayward, quietest guy, never said a word. And then when money on the table time in game seven, they have a rain delay and he calls everybody into a locker room and the players to a man said that that meant a lot to them because he never said anything. And in that moment, he felt the need to say something. So if Justin's going to be the quiet guy, that means when he does speak up and he does get fired up, it's going to hold more weight than somebody that's always doing that. That's a good point. Um, I think for for Justin, you know, 
it's not only what happens on in a huddle when when the game's happening, but it's on the sidelines too, right? Where like maybe it's after a drive that doesn't actually work out. And, you know, you usually see the quarterback kind of go down the line, starting with the offensive line. Like, let's go, let's go score on the next drive. Let's go do this. Like that, I think is just, you know, what you naturally see from the quarterback position. And not to say that Justin isn't doing that right now, but like, those are some of the things that, you know, he keeps adding that to every single game. Like it, you just feel a certain way. I would imagine you feel a certain way if you're a teammate, like, okay, he's saying, let's go score. I believe we can go score. Cause he's the one leading, you know, obviously the offense, every single play. So it's, it's interesting with Justin Fields. And I think someone put in here lead by example. That's kind of the guy I've always struck Justin Fields. I lead by your play lead by example. I, I like that comment by Keith Riggle. If we're going to combine sports here, a D Rose is a good comp. The, the difference is, you know, Derek Rose is the young, one that won the MVP as the, at, at 22 years old, youngest MVP in the history of the NBA. So I do think there is a part of Fields' leadership where if if he starts having some massive success at the start of the year, he will feel even more comfortable stepping into the role. Mm. You know, the fact of the matter is when you played 25 games and you've won five of them, I'm not putting it on his shoulders. Let's not go crazy. But I but that's the reality. You're five and twenty. You're, you're you know, you you might be a little bit at least hesitant to completely step into like I'm the man, I know exactly what I'm doing, follow me. It's also right. his third year in the but league. To that to that point, uh, Joseph Matuzak said D Rose had a certain huge man that was pretty damn loud in Joe Kim <laughs> Noah. You know, <laughs> he he wasn't playing around with you. Right, right, and that's true. And like, can I don't know? Can Tevin Jenkins be that guy for him? Can DJ Moore be that guy for him? Can Chase Claypool? Be that guy. Wasn't I don't Tevin think... the guy that was the first yeah. to Justin Fields a couple of years ago? He, when he's constantly getting late hit, and we, I, Nagy's talking about guys not taking penal or taking late penalties that can't be doing that, and he yelled at Tevin Jenkins after the game. Right, he said something in the presser uh, saying that Tevin, because Tevin ran to Justin's defense and got a personal foul for defending Justin Fields, and every fan was like. Hell yeah, Tevin. That's exactly what you do for your quarterback. And then Nagy, who always missed the boat, was like critical of Tevin Jenkins afterwards. Mm -hmm. No, you need a few guys like that that are going to go to war for you. Yeah, I remember that was the Sunday night game, I think, against the Minnesota Vikings. I asked Justin, like, do you like seeing that from Tevin Jenkins? Like, yeah, I do. So the quarterback liked it. Tevin Jenkins reacted the right way. And of course, the head coach. Because the remember, ball. in that same year in the preseason game, he got leveled in the preseason yes. game against maybe the Bills, and mm-hmm. nobody, because he was playing like third string at the time, nobody came to his defense. I was sitting in a bar and uh, a pool swimming bar in um, in Vegas, and I was ready to jump through my TV <laughs> and kill somebody when I saw that. And I'm a, people on the sidelines, I don't care who it is, run out on the field. I don't care if you're not even a part of the next play and rip somebody's helmet off. That's your quarterback. So there, there is a little bit of an in-between here. I don't mind how Justin carries himself, and he needs to stay true to himself, but there should be some guys that bring the energy. Uh, well, when Braggs was on that couch, I believe he was drinking a Goose Island beer. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company as Braggs was about to run through a, a wall and jump through the TV. Love it. Uh, Chicago's beer since 1988. Of course, that's the year that MJ won MVP. We're going to, there's a Jordan bit from today. Mercedes Lewis, we're going to have a conversation. But first, uh, more on Goose Island. The Goose IPA was a six time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest. We got the tropical beer hug. That would be 9.9% alcohol if you want to uh, accelerate your night, if you will. 312 Wheat Ale, the full pocket pills. Grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Check out Goose Island, you guys, and you have to check out Hooters. Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to our plate for world-famous wings, delicious seafood, stacked sandwiches, salads, and more. Tons of great beer specials and $6 drinks all day, every day. I'm sure you can find Goose Island there as well. And check out their seafood specials, $19.83. For a pound of crab legs and great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp. Hooters is celebrating its 40 years in business all year long. In honor of the anniversary on the 4th of every month, Hooters will be hosting throwback events, bringing the 80s back with 83-cent wings and other great specials. 
next one is on oh well we just missed it, it was august 4th but that's all right you can still catch them because they have them at every uh a month here but you got to check out hooters you got to have a good time when the games are on we already had a preseason got a game on earlier this week hooters is going to be the place to be all right a uh, couple more things to touch on here before we get out of here again appreciate well, everybody we also have a ton of super chats i think like 13 to 15 of them to be exact so let's keep that in mind okay we'll get to that in one second appreciate everybody jumping in there but uh, just just a couple of uh, housekeeping moments here from today. Number one, I saw somebody in the chat asking me how how did Justin Fields play today? Nick, I'm going to defer to you on your thoughts on that, and then I'll give mine. Uh, what do you think of Fields' performance on this Saturday? We're going to have differing opinions here, Mark. We Carmen, might. But, I don't know. Um, I think in there were a couple of throws. I think Justin need would want to have back. There was he was almost intercepted by Eddie Jackson trying to hit Darnell Mooney. It was a it was a throw that was underthrown and Eddie Jackson had a near pick. And then he threw a weird ball down the left sideline off his back foot. You should never do that. But I think in terms of the seven on seven period, a lot of shorter passes. There were a couple of ones that went maybe 10 to 15 yards. He was pretty, he, he got the ball out quickly. And then in the team drill at the end, he did take the offense down the field to lead to a field goal. But it was um, there were just a couple of throws I think Justin wanted to have back, and it was due to one holding the ball a little bit too long and just off platform throw off the back foot where you never really want to see that. Even though the ball sailed out of bounds, it still wasn't. He didn't. He never gave his wide receiver a chance on that rep. I, I thought uh, nothing really stood out today to be honest for me with Fields. Like sure. I thought, I thought he took some deep shots uh, that didn't happen, but I like seeing him do it. Uh, I do agree with you that there was a bunch of just the short passing in that seemed like it was coming together. My my biggest thing with Justin right now is I'll just kind of sum up his play of all of training camp from what I've seen. He he still is very much waiting for a receiver to get open, tight end to get open, and then he delivers the football. And it has been pointed out uh, by Luke Getze that they want to get to a point where he's throwing the ball before – say Chase Claypool makes his break or before DJ Moore. And so that's going to come with experience, timing, guys working together. They're not there yet. He's more, I think he knows what he's looking for. And when the dude's open, the ball's going there. But that real high level of boom, the ball's coming out. And right when the dude turns, it's on him. And the defender doesn't have time to wait. They are not there yet. So so it is, it's, it's a, it's still a very much, I would call it a work in progress, and it does look better. Greg, you, I heard you chuckle. What are you chuckling at? <laughs> I don't want to go off topic. I'll tell you in a minute. It's a Uh-oh. funny. It's just a funny dude in the chat making me laugh. Okay, I, I think Mark too, like that. That what you were just speaking of. That's the exact play to Darnell Mooney, who runs a corner route, is open on the play, but because it seemed like Justin Fields was waiting to see it open. The ball's coming out late, and that allows Eddie Jackson to undercut it on the underthrown ball. And had he just, you know, just anticipated it, it would have been on the money. But like you said, like it, it's kind of shown up here. Yeah, I, I think so far, and and I, I saw your guys' reporting today. I also came across Adam Johns, who you, Nick you just mentioned in seven on seven stood out, and he mentioned that um, Fields was nine of ten with one incompletion. Tried to go downfield, I believe, right. to Darnell Mooney. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's what I. That's the thing that's encouraging me, and a lot of people are kind of rationalizing, like, well, he's needed to work on the dink and dunks and the checkdowns and getting the ball out True. fast and. In seven on sevens, I do feel like that's specifically what you're supposed to be doing. And he's doing that where he's, you know, going to both sides of the field and finding different receivers almost every time, whether it be tight ends or fullbacks or wide receivers on the outside. But what you're not seeing in these seven on sevens is the deep balls or anything. You know, he's not finding that tight end up the seam or that wide receiver that, you know, has inside leverage on the cornerback and and he's taking the easy throw. And that's great. That's exactly what we want our quarterback to do to move the chains. And then those things will open up over the top. But to this point, and we went back and forth on this yesterday about, you know, who's better between Claypool and and DJ Moore, whatever. It's a fun argument to have, but we're just either one of those guys. We're not seeing 50 yard bombs each day. And typically because the bears never have this kind of wide receiver talent. And when they do normally we go to camp and it's bombs away. And I would not call this a bombs away training camp yet. 
So I, I'm not mm-hmm. concerned because I know Fields is capable of it. And I do like that he's doing the dink and dunks. But at what point does the action reaction happen where they start to come down and sit on routes? And now we can take advantage of that with some double moves over the top. And, we, and a lot of guys have been running double moves. Tyler Scott's been doing Tyler Scott's the one guy that has been able to spring loose downfield because of a double move. Yes. Yeah. All right. So here, let's 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 get through some super chats. Then I want to wrap up with the Mercedes Lewis real quick and 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 a, and, and a slight issue I already have with uh, this guy who I might instantly be my favorite guy in the locker room. He was so <laughs> awesome to listen to. You guys are going to love him. Okay. But real uh, quickly, you guys, yeah, real quickly, yeah. before we get the super chats, I just want to highlight the physicality we saw from the running backs uh, in today's practice. Like Roshan Johnson laid down the boom on AJ Thomas and a run up the middle lowers a shoulder pad. And this is all happening post uh, the Claypool and um, Eddie Jackson fight. So you saw a nice uh, lower the shoulder from Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert uh, bounced off of Jalen Johnson on a simple short plastic in the flat, lowered the shoulder on Johnson spun off and kept on running. So we're starting to see the running backs be a little bit more physical. So I just need to highlight that before we get to all these awesome super chats. Good highlighting and hundred percent. And the, the crowd absolutely loved Roshan Johnson's run today. He, I mean, he was barreling through there. So that was, that was sweet to and see. Maybe. And that's great. Cause that might be the first time he's actually flashed at camp yes. and, and maybe mm-hmm. because we've heard about his pass blocking prowess, maybe he's going to eventually take on a red zone goal line kind of duties for this team because you can trust him in the backfield, be able to audible to different things and know that he can either pass block or, you know, make a catch. You know, he did have a drop earlier this, this camp, but then when you get on the goal line, then you can, you know, lay the hammer down. The thing I was laughing about Mark was Johnny cakes getting real tricky with the super chats. He puts, he he literally it's not a super chat. He just put in his comments 999 super oh. chat when they start giving us updates on player injuries. And I yeah. just cracked up. I was like, that was pretty slick, Johnny. I'll have to give him credit. Uh, well, <laughs> if you're asking us like on, on what's going on today, uh good job, Johnny Cakes. Very creative. Uh, Nate Davis was there, wasn't practicing. Jack Sandborn was there, wasn't practicing. Did you see Tremaine Edmonds, Nick? I didn't see him. He, he did go out there later, but it definitely wasn't okay. in the first, what, maybe 30 minutes of practice. He wasn't out there. Okay, okay. So so Tremaine then eventually did show up. Uh, and again, we, we mentioned earlier that Tevin was back out there, so that was good to see uh, the sand god was walking around. Um, all right, let's get to let's, the let's actual. To re- the, the real super chat. The, the real supers. <laughs> An actual 999 super chat from Sid- Siddhartha Ariga. Uh, yeah. Haven't heard much about number 65. How's Cody looked back at center with pads? Any dead snapping? He may be the second most important bear in 2023 as both the linchpin of a new O line and buoying JF1's development. We have seen some snaps that yeah, I think what you're calling is dead snaps that are rolling back to him. Those have happened. Um, so it has not been perfect. Any Anything else on Cody from you, Nick? Uh, one happened today where he rolled a, a snap, and that was actually a play to Cleo Herbert, so they still were able to execute it. And then I've seen Andrew Billings give him the work in one-on-ones, and Andrew Billings is a big dude, but I think if you take those things out of consideration, uh, he's having a – okay camp but we have seen snaps and a little bit of uh the bullying from andrew billings andrew so, tractor trailer billings some some <laughs> yeah. some bears personnel that i've talked about are, are optimistic uh on doug kramer so just something to just at least put in the back of your mind as, as potential for the future okay next yeah um well i'll let you guys read some because uh you know, I know Hogue was like, you don't have to read every one. So I, I'm going to leave this one just, to you because this is your boy, Con. Just pop them in there, baby. Big Cram 499. Nick, I'll buy you a Chicago hot dog and goose if you tell us what Bojack was saying. I think I saw Nick say back in the comments that he wishes you could, but you have no idea. All right. No, nope, too far away. All Sorry. right. Another one from Big Cram. Go ahead, Mark. Read what's it out. More gray, uh, what's more Gray Cram's background or his hair? You know, those are the ones that we don't have to read out loud. Big Cram, I will find you. Keep going along. Uh, I would say that the answer is my hair. At least, this, at least that part of the it. The silver fox. Hey, okay. someone was complimenting us on our hair too, Mark. So earlier in the chat, there they com- complimented hey. both of us. So. I, I'm, I'm in a growing out phase right now. We're go- I'm going into something My hair is so- still got to grow out from when right. I shaved it last month. So. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Nick. This one's all yours. Yeah, football, CF Candy, how did Fields play today, guys? John's report. You I think were you just alluded to that earlier, Greg. And I think we saw we saw some good, we saw some bad, some throws that I think Fields wish he had back, but 
he looked quick with the the seven on seven throws and you you don't want to don't take that for granted because that's something that you need to work on and if he's getting the ball out and completing passes moving down the field that's exactly what you want to see i mean it's a simplistic question that you would think any beat reporter is supposed to know but for fans in the stands we don't necessarily know so maybe i'll encourage one of you guys to ask Luke Getze, the next time you have a chance to talk to him, what is your goal for Justin Fields in seven-on-sevens? Because I think for some of us, you're watching the drills. We all understand what one-on-one is supposed to be about. We understand what 11-on-11 is supposed to be about. But what specifically is the goal for seven-on-seven without a pass rush? You know, yeah, I, well, Flus has talked about that. It's like the ball should never hit the ground on seven-on-seven. That's what they're looking for. The ball should never hit the ground on seven-on-seven. And in today's practice, they did a good job of not allowing that to happen. So if that's the goal that Fluce is looking for, obviously coordinates with Luke Getze. That's kind of what they're looking for uh, in that that period of practice. I'm worried about the offense. I hope I'm wrong. That's that's where I'm at right now. I, I and I, don't, I I just think that over by the end of the year, I'm 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 optimistic that it's going to get there. At the start of the year, hitting the ground running, I'm not so sure we're going to be there. We'll see. I mean, preseason games are coming. Tennessee's going to be here a week from today. I don't, I don't know how much they're going to play, but they're going to play some. Uh, Eberflus has said that. Next up, Super Chats. What do we got, Bragzy? Yes, sir. We'll roll through these here quickly. $5 Super Chat from Keys. Love this tenacity from Claypool. Goes to show he's aware of his situation. Just hope it doesn't escalate into a Martellus Bennett situation. He ain't that dog. He ain't Martellus Bennett dog. Martellus has got a, a, a trigger in there that a lot of – that that Claypool – I mean, Claypool might – pout and scream and run around but he ain't doing martellus things no way not to mention the fact that um um, claypool's in a contract here which is always the ultimate motivator for any player uh antonio harris dollar 99 super chat he are havis antonio havis recently found you guys keep up the great work uh we appreciate you tuning in and finding us and stick with us because this is going to be a really really fun season of coverage and uh, we look forward to interacting with all you guys here in the chat as best we can. DeBears Matt, 85, $20 super chat. I think Roshan Johnson wins starting job at running back. Your thoughts? Uh, DeBears yeah, Matt, say, 85. Yeah. Not the starter. He's starting to come to his own with, with today's practice with the big, you know, truck stick. So we need to see a little bit more from Roshan Johnson. And and, we, and DeBears Matt, 85, appreciate the chat again. We're saying that because Khalil Herbert looks great. Um, Dante yeah, Foreman, Foreman. It, it was all over the field today too. He, he's got some stiff competition in front of him. It's not like he's, you know, there's, it's, it, it's not, uh, it's going to take, take a big move for him to even get the football a bunch, let alone start. But quickly, cause to your point about, you know, being worried about the offense in the early going, I mean, I think, and we've, I've talked about this a few times. I, I, part of that is because you only get so much from the running game in preseason at training camp. You're not having mm-hmm. Justin Fields running the ball like he would normally do in a real game. And same with the running game. And, you know, Khalil Herbert might look great right now, but the bullets aren't actually flying. They're not hitting like you will in a regular season game. And because this is a running back by committee, when you get to week one, if Roshan Johnson gets a couple opportunities and pops off back-to-back 18-yard runs, you know, it won't take long. I can promise you that. And especially if he is a capable pass blocker too. Uh, Herbert obviously is going to get first crack and Dante Foreman has proven himself in this league, but because it's a running back by committee, I think it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. And I think you'll, will see the hot hand more than not with these three guys. It's not going to be a guarantee for snaps week to week. And I think they're dangerous in in a fantasy regard of who you want to draft. So there's a little fantasy advice for you guys to um, stay, stay cautionary for Chicago bears running backs to start. Uh, the bears, Matt 85, another $2 on top of his 20 bucks. He said it again. Uh, so we appreciate you adding two more dollars to your super chat. We apologize. We definitely wanted to read that for you. Uh, Merritt Peterson. I apologize. Uh, I don't know exactly what chat I've seen you a lot here in the live chat here today. He gave us a four 99 super chat, but the comment was not attached to it. You know, I encourage anyone that's putting in a super chat, make sure your comment is within it. Uh, sometimes I can catch it when I see when that happens. And then other times, you know, I, you know, I'd have to scroll back to particularly find what your comment is, but we appreciate your support merit. So if you put it in the chat, I'll try to get it up here today. If not, we'll get to it tomorrow. Rick Reuter, $5 super chat. Also understand that QBs don't get hit in camp. So it's harder for them to bring extra juice for the guys in the mix. 
Yeah, I don't know how much the hitting matters, though, for that. I mean, he's, listen, he's going to huddle. He's getting guys organized. He, he doesn't have to get smacked in the face for it. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, true, true. J- Justin stepping into it, I think he just, you know, this week was about him taking it up, uh, you know, one further notch. And and now Robert Tunyon's kind of pushing back on that. So it's been an interesting week around the round juice. What else, Braggs? Yeah, we got it. Just a couple more. Bear down. Uh, Omaha. My guy. In the chat. CHGO going to KC this year, guys. Love to see you there. Uh, I don't think that's going to be in the cards. We're going to be doing our coverage from the studio. Uh, we're going to be rooting hard for the Chicago Bears to take down Patrick Mahomes and and do the impossible. But you enjoy the barbecue, mm-hmm. my friend. And bring some back if you want. Or send some sure. our way if you're living in Omaha, which I'm assuming hey, that you are. Hey, Bear Down, McGonagall's. Nobody talks about it, McGonagall's. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's like a supermarket. They've got, But they've got a lunch station there, and there's picnic tables outside. And if you go in there. It's amazing. Okay, and, and, and hit me up on Twitter for more recommendations on KC. I love Kansas City. What else? Two more. Um, <clears throat> JV on the run, 499 Super Chat. What's the over-under on Justin Fields' touchdown receptions? Touchdown 20. receptions? Touchdowns he's going to catch? I think well, we'll he, do right. both. Over under on touchdown passes. We'll do what passes. Would you guys, what would you guys 25, say? 25. 25 over under. Yeah. And now touchdown receptions. How many is going to oh, get? From, 25. Because wasn't Roshan yeah. Johnson a quarterback coming out of high school? He was. All right. He was so a there you go. Yeah. We got our new Walter Payton in the house. He's going to throw a couple touchdowns to Justin Fields. So, what, 0.5 for Justin Fields? Touchdown receptions. Yes, Under. that's correct. Thank Under. you, JV on the run. We appreciate you. He's got uh, another one, JV on the run. Four ninety nine super chat. Request you guys do a show from a New York City uh, at a Bears bar. There are a few, and you can get an Italian beef. JV, I will be at the U.S. Open in New York because that's where the U.S. Open is, August 29th to September first. So uh, we can talk Bears at the tennis. Uh, while we watch it, let's go. Me All and right. you, buddy. Merritt Peterson, um, my guy Steven, was able to find the comment. What does adding Yannick do for our linebacking core? The concern was that O-lines would take advantage and they wouldn't be able to make plays. Yeah, uh, for Yannick, I mean, he just adds pressure for, obviously, the opposing quarterbacks to internalize their clock. And those two are one of the best, you know, coverage linebackers in Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards. So it makes their job a lot easier and also for the secondary as a whole. So Adding a, a true rush, pass rush specialist is a move that helps all three levels of the defense, not just the linebackers. After my little story about winning a fight, my my guy Dre, a.k.a. Vision, had to remind me uh, that Big Red said I lost. So, yes, I did get my, my ass whooped by Big Red in third grade. Thank you, Dre. <laughs> all right. Any more Super Chats before I wrap up with Mercedes Lewis here? Yes, sir. Handle it. It's all done. Okay, Got great. through them all. We did it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, I appreciate everyone, and real fun show today, and uh, I just want to say this. Mercedes Lewis got up there. He's in his 18th year. How have you done this this long? Who have been your idols? The first guy he said was LeBron James, which is sweet, and LeBron's been doing it for a you know, long, long time, 20-plus years, but I can't wait to get into an open locker room and talk some ball with Mercedes and just remind him that the greatest player to ever play anything uh, of course, is the guy whose shoes are over both the right and left shoulder of Nicholas Moriano. This is uh, this is we should not be confused about anything about Michael Jordan in this town. And if you are going to reference LeBron like that, which is cool, you know the the follow up on that is well, I think of LeBron. Of course, Michael's better. That that was what I was looking to hear, and he and he didn't say that. And um, and so I was I kind of wanted to you know just remind him of that. I didn't get a chance today, but I look forward to. You know, man, sure between the... him and oh, who was it? Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Is that's who it was. Jeez mm. Louise. I, I These mean, young we... kids, Mark, we got to yep. teach them. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. They're just in denial. It's all good. Well, that wraps things up here for today. I just want to remind everybody, please, if you, if you can uh, become a diehard, this is a great time of year to become one. Uh, Adam Hogue's putting out a newsletter exclusively to diehards every single day. Go to allchgo.com and you can find all that information there. If you do become a diehard, you can get some of our awesome shirts uh, like this one here, the Bear Down shirt available in our locker. You get one shirt for free by becoming a diehard. Going to have a lot of different uh, tailgates here during the season coming up. You get discounts on those. 
And then, of course, our Cog Hill kick, CHGO kickoff classic at Cog Hill, August 25th on a Friday morning. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there. Corey Wooten will be on hand golfing with us. Obviously, all of us here and Adam Hogue and the crew are going to be golfing too, along with the rest of the CHGO Bears team. So you can sign up for that with a discount as well. So a lot of great benefits to becoming a diehard. No better time than right now. Uh, so that, I think, wraps things up. As long as you guys are good to roll, we can enjoy the rest of our Saturday. Tomorrow, we are going to be right back at it. Looks like the rain's going to get out of the way in the early morning, and we should have a family fest at Soldier Field, another training camp practice, but this time on the lakefront where Mark Carmen just loves to go. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there. Studio show tomorrow. Yeah, studio show tomorrow is... Mark's camera has frozen <laughs> him in time with one oh, of the no. funniest looks I've ever seen. So this is a great place to end it. Thank you for tuning in. Please hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe. Nick's taking a picture of this. Couldn't end it on a better note. There yes, he got is. It. There's our guy. Have a good have a good Saturday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. And always bear down. <laughs>